0: Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka.
1: And welcome to this week's show. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this topic with you. I wrote about this on Ink this week, and uh, it's doing pretty well over there. And I think it's a little surprising. I think there will be some surprises in here for you. Maybe, maybe not. But hopefully you'll learn something, and that's what we hear on The Million Dollar Mindset. That's why we're here with you. So today's topic is three reasons why passion could kill your business, especially your startup. That's where I see this a lot is, is people within those first couple few years of, of starting their business. Now, that may seem contrary to you because you know, passion is necessary as an entrepreneur. Some level of passion. I mean, that's your driver. And we all need drivers. You've heard me talk about that vision beyond the vision here on the million-dollar mindset. Some something that, that just keeps you going day to day day because I'll tell you what being an entrepreneur is not always easy right yeah we know that so yeah passion's necessary and you know so many to become a true possibility when a hobbyist or someone who creates a product out of necessity says, hey, you know what? I could make some money with this. And I see that all the time. Um, Kim Levine, she wrote, uh, she's the Million Dollar Mommy, I think it's called her book. Um, and, uh, you know, she she's a great example of an invention made out of necessity that ended up making millions and millions. Just look up Kim Levine, L A L A V I N E, And it's, it's, it was a simple like neck warmer, you know, those things you get, you put in a microwave and, and they're like little hot packs and such. Well, she found a uh, an ingredient to put inside. I think it was corn. I don't remember now. No, corn would pop. That wouldn't be good. Um, but she found that working with something different really held the heat better and it was cozier and more comfortable. And so she made these things and and a, a grueling, grueling three years later ended up really making some money. And I call these kitchen table ideas. You've heard me say that before, kitchen table ideas, things that, you know, a couple people are sitting around and say, hey, that's a great idea, let's do it. And, and they almost go into business tongue in cheek, you know and eventually they're in business knee deep and they don't quite know what to do about that but you know a passion and excitement can grow really rapidly when someone on a quest for freedom believes they may have found a way to achieve it all right because every entrepreneur i've ever met goes into business for themselves because they value freedom in fact freedom is usually a top uh, a top value for most entrepreneurs so it's important it's important that we have that but you know freedom from that cubicle or having to do things someone else's way or the freedom to move about the globe as you like and freedom from financial worry all those things can create another trap because we end up working 60 80 hours a week and that's not what we want to do that doesn't equal freedom Now, passion is the reason that many entrepreneurs succeed. We know that. And I'm always talking about having passion for your business, having that driver, having that vision beyond the vision. But it's also a common cause of failure when a entrepreneur, especially a newer entrepreneur, gets lost in the excitement and hope of building their dream without balancing it with reality. Now, I wrote about that and spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, balancing with reality, how to dream big and stay real. You'll find that article over on Inc. on my page at incinc.com author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. How to dream big and stay real. And the show was, I think, two two weeks ago when we talked about that. And so this is sort of an extension of that because when you're not staying real, okay, you're going to hear what you want to hear. In other words, you're going to listen to people who love you, <laughs> who tell you you have a great idea, and tell you you're doing everything right, and to be patient, and and and. You know, everything will be perfect soon. You're going to believe what you convince yourself is true. And you're going to fail at doing your homework before taking the plunge. That is the formula for disaster. That's when you know that you have the blinders on and you're lost in the excitement and the passion and the wannabe entrepreneur thing and you're going to get in big trouble. But it doesn't have to be that way, okay? So we're going to go over the three mistakes that I see newbie entrepreneurs make when they take that kitchen table idea to market. You know, you got to build your dream, okay? You, you don't want to go to your grave saying, what if, or I should have, or I could have, right? But you also want to take the blinders off and do it the smart way. So here we go. Number one mistake. I get this all the time. I get clients who call me and say, you know, I've got this product. I've got this great idea. And it's really, people really want it they're going to flock to this. They're going to love this. It's just, oh my goodness, why hasn't someone thought of this sooner? And I said, really, what makes you think people are going to want it? Well, when I, and everything is based around their belief system, when I do this, this happens and this will solve that problem. And there must be lots of people out there just like me. Well, you listen to those friends and neighbors and mom who told your idea is the best idea this side of paradise, right? Come on, admit it. You do. You listen to them. And why shouldn't you believe them, okay? Because they're all on it. They've jumped on that bandwidth praise and that encouragement. So it's got to be right, right? Wrong. Okay, let's be blunt here. These folks have to tell you all of these good things because they love you, and they want to support you, and they want to see you happy. And sometimes behind your back, they're saying, oh, goodness, I'm so worried about Jim. Oh, goodness, do you think Susie can really make this work? I'm not so sure about this idea. Now, they're doing it all in love, okay? They want to support that dream, but these people who love you are not necessarily Your ideal customer, right? (laughs) Okay. And even if they are your ideal customer, even if your mom is someone who might buy your product or service, she's still going to tell you it's a great idea, most likely, unless your mom is a really successful entrepreneur and knows better. So solution? Okay. You got to create a plan and test, test, test your idea okay a good market research plan indicates where and who your and why your customers are it'll tell you if when where and how they're likely to purchase your goods or services and this is important to know why because it's going to dictate your marketing if your clients are not on Facebook, for instance, you're not going to waste your time on Facebook. If your clients don't go to the little um, boutique down the down the block and other boutiques like it, you're not going to put your bags in those boutiques, right? You want to find out who your customers, your prospect, your prospective customers really are by doing a lot of market research, and. You know, here's something important, too. For, for those of you who have a product line, let's say that you make canned tomato, I don't know, canned spaghetti sauce. And it's the best spaghetti sauce that your Uncle Guido has ever tasted, <laughs> okay? And, and now you've created, because you've got that in Whole Foods, so, so now you've created, you know, 10 different flavors and uh, whatever, Don't, before, well, you wouldn't have your product in Whole Foods at this this point, but before you launch that whole line and you put all that money into packaging and and branding design and marketing and, you know, the test kitchens or, or whatever has to be put into it, just test one product. Okay, I've talked before about the one client who came to me who had a whole line of cosmetics, and she hadn't yet branded or packaged them, and she had poured tons of money into research and development. And I said, let's just test one because she was she was this classic blinded by passion kind of client. so she came into coaching thinking oh this this stuff this facial regime is the best thing again this side of paradise and she didn't even know if anybody would want it and and use it and enjoy it she hadn't even tested it so with the exception of the people in in the um, in the space where they created it there it was tested there but it wasn't market tested so what I said was let's Let's just roll out one. Let's just take one product. What's your key critical product? And let's roll out one. And she did that with a cream. And she learned so much. And thank goodness she didn't do her packaging and branding before that time because she really learned what her prospective client wants and needs, what their struggling with and how her product line could appeal to them and maybe even help them get over some hump in their life that's that's holding them back or upsetting them or something that they really, really want like anti-aging. So if you've got a single product or a full line, whatever, don't pour thousands into branding, production, and packaging prior to rolling it out. Take your product out there. Get it out there. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from this first break. But it's important. Remember, lots of market research. If you don't know how to do market research, Google it. How do I do market research for my product? (laughs) Okay. But we're going to talk a little bit more about some simple market research that you can start right away just after this break. You can find me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. Devent will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter Devent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
2: Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an International Firearms Authority and Ballistic Engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports and as a professional entertainer musician don't miss johnny roland news guns and motorsports entertainment at its best trust us on this one it's a fun show every monday morning at 10 a.m central right here on the Toginet radio network
0: welcome back to the million dollar mindset
1: And welcome back. So we're here talking about taking your product to the market um, in, in terms of doing market research. Okay, very, very important first step. Don't let that excitement and passion and what Auntie Nellie is telling you about your idea drive you. Take off those blinders. Take your product to every mini expo, school fundraising event, and even try to do home parties do focus groups with people who fit your ideal market profile those are the keys they must fit your ideal market profile make sure they're not they're strangers not friends and relatives okay so ask influential people you know Um, I have a, a Friend who owns a very successful marketing and PR agency, and she is always asking me to go to these wonderful places and try these wonderful things. And uh, we we tell her the truth. I give her good feedback, and it's important to make sure that's a stranger. So so think about people you know who are influential who know other influential people, and ask them to test your product or to come together for a pizza night or a drink or whatever and talk about your product, experience your product, okay? Um, you want to determine what the best way for you to do this market research is, okay, one-on-one interviews, these focus groups, you could take surveys, you could go out into the marketplace if you have a product, you know, like I said, the mini expos and such. Okay, now you want to develop that research instrument, okay? If you're doing interviews, you want to develop your questions or your survey questionnaire or or hands-on trials, whatever it is, and understand what will be done with the results of your research, okay? So in other words, if your product is for a highly targeted market and direct sales calls will be your method of selling, start by identifying the type of person you expect to sell to and engage in a mock sales call to understand what such people would find interesting. If your product is aimed at a mass market, it may be more beneficial to recruit small numbers of people for the focus group, as I said, until you have a feel for the market and then validate it further, follow up with that with a survey to other people. Don't go back to the same people. So very, very important. So you're going to get your product out there. Now you're also going to create a dashboard that reveals your finding and, and adjust your product and marketing approach accordingly. So if, Three people from one focus group love your product and four do not. You want to get specifics from each group. And then you want to do a little fine-tuning, just a little bit, nothing costly, okay, if possible. If it's not possible to do fine-tuning, go to another focus group and try again and see if you get similar results, Okay, keep a dashboard on what people love, what they don't love, um, on their emotions. Remember, we sell with emotions. Okay, if somebody says, "Oh, this makes me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in another world," or "Oh, this is so elegant," or whatever, you know, mark those words down. Those are key words for you to do your marketing. So anything that you Think could possibly be critical to your marketing. Don't think you're going to remember it, okay? Because again, you get lost in that passion. We get those blinders on. We get overwhelmed and forgetful. So keep a dashboard. A dashboard that could be an intimidating word. An Excel document, uh, something very simple with columns and something that you can just keep on an ongoing basis, okay? Or try and find an online tool where you can you can keep information. Lots of different things out there that you can use all right so blinders right problem number one they don't do real market research problem number two and this is a biggie this is this is really actually this is number one we all think that it's going to get better problem number two is that these entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs underestimate what it's going to cost, okay? Figure out what you think it's going to cost and double or triple it because I'll tell you what, there are going to be surprises around every bend even if you don't think it's going to be expensive to launch your product or service. I once coached uh, an inventor who had a wonderful product and she was very ready to bring it to market. In fact, she was so ready that she had a purchase order from a huge, huge retail chain. And yeah, she could have made good money if it succeeded in this retail chain. Who knows if it would have succeeded, but because she never found out, sadly. And she had invested her entire nest egg, mortgaged their, their home. She had two small children and a husband. They, they put a second mortgage on their home. She spent every waking moment for two years creating a prototype, doing the branding and packaging with no market research, okay, outside of the family, for one single product. Now, I, as I said, I think I think it was a good idea. Um I don't want to reveal here what it is, but um, it took a standard product and put a few bells and whistles on it that the people who use this product might enjoy and benefit from. It made it more practical and usable so and and she even had a patent pending on on certain aspects of the product um a utility patent only, and as I said, a purchase order from one major retailer, but her mistake. Was that she assumed she's making assumptions that a bank would loan her the money to manufacture this huge order from this retailer? Okay, uh, now maybe if you've got a history and and you've got collateral, maybe there are some banks out there or investors out there who will loan you the money to create your to manufacture your product if you have a PO in hand questionable I'm not saying it can't happen but odds are very very slim but it used to be you know maybe 15 years ago you used to be able to walk into a bank with a purchase order and they would give you a revolving line of credit or something okay but if you had collateral but that just doesn't happen anymore and remember she already had a second mortgage on her home so she had no collateral and so this poor woman in debt no savings second mortgage no bank would accept a purchase order here she has this purchase order hand in hand and she can't she can't launch her product it was it was truly tragic for her it really was to the best of my knowledge that product never ever got to market very sad so You know, too many entrepreneurs believe that if they can get the interest of a major distributor or retailer, that it'll be smooth sailing from there on. Now, I've seen that happen all the time. People come, you know, into my coaching and they say, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know, Macy's wants to buy my purses or, you know, Toys R Us wants to buy my kids toys or socks or whatever you've created. Well, that's fine. But I'll tell you what. I have clients who have their products in huge, you know, huge retailers online and brick and mortar retailers, and they are still very, very much struggling. So, you know, you have to, again, do that research, understand what it takes. Talk to people who have done it before, okay? If you manufacture, let's say you have this novel line of ladies' purses, Okay, and you think gosh, if I could just get these purses into um Macy's and uh JCPenney's, I'll be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You want to check, okay? Talk to maybe not your direct competitors, but somebody who who distributes something similar and find out, get that reality check. Find out what it takes. You know, there are so many things you don't know. Like what it costs to manufacture, brand, and package your product. And oh my gosh, I don't know if you can even grasp the reality of the cost of customs and duties, customs duties and tariffs and and taxes and insurance and currency conversion and creating costs and handling fees and you know, the cost of importing is enormous. These are things that you're going to run into if your product is promising and you get to that point. Do your homework before you take your first big steps and make sure that you have enough money and enough resources, enough tenacity, enough strength, enough passion, and enough support in order to take the plunge. Very, very scary when you get to that point where you've invested everything you have and you've tapped out all of your resources and... um, And now you're in debt and you're not selling your products. So, And this goes for for people who have service businesses as well. You know, if you want to be a coach or you want to be an accountant or an attorney in business for yourself or therapy or a massage therapist or whatever it is, you've got to think of something that makes you different. You've got to think of something that makes you stand out from the crowd, okay? And if you don't do that, if you just have a skill, I can't tell you how many skilled coaches and massage therapists and different kinds of healing practitioners are out there who are oh my gosh they're they're just full of talent and they don't get customers or clients hardly ever and they're really struggling You've gotta think of what's different. And so to do that, get out there and do your research, find out what people are looking for, do a lot of internet um, research, go to focus groups, go to expos, go to meetings, and find out what's going to make you different. And that's hard to do in some lines of work, like being an accountant, what's gonna make you different, you know? It's hard to be different as an accountant, but you've gotta find that one core thing. And, and really, really market yourself around that. Uh, could be a niche. It could be just a brand identity. It could be a marketing message. Whatever it is, find out what you're going to work with and what you're going to speak to when you get out there into your marketplace is so important. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about point number three and then a few more tips on some directions you can go to make your business really work for you and to get out there and to feel and experience the success that you're looking for because that's why you're an entrepreneur, right? We'll be back here on TogiNet, Million Dollar Mindset Radio in just a couple of minutes. Thanks so much for joining me today.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, Tragedy and Triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts used to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network.
1: those blinded by passion mistakes that newer entrepreneurs make. And truly, these mistakes can absolutely kill your startup. It, it will probably never even start up If you make these mistakes. So these are such important things to really think about and be honest with yourself about. The third, you know, we've got the first two, right? Failure to do the market research and underestimating those costs. Okay. And the third is a lack of support. It's so important. You've done your planning and you've estimated your costs and you've gotten product sales rolling. Hooray, you know, good for you. That's very exciting. But, you know, you've got this business and we're back to that freedom thing again. You know, the real reason you want this business. It's because you don't want to be stuck in corporate America. It's because you don't want to take the lead from someone else. It's because you want to spend time with your family. You want to be able to travel. You want to have financial security. You know, all of these reasons. You want to call your own shots, but here you are. You're working 60 to 80 hours a week. Okay every entrepreneur I've ever spoken to values freedom. And that value is what drives them to become an entrepreneur. That value is a part of what that that passion is all about, because they think about what it could mean for others, and what it could mean for their own life if they succeed. And yet, as I said, they're working a minimum of 60 hours a week. and And they worry about where the money is going to come from to land that next order from abroad. They they carry that burden of guilt for not spending enough time with their loved ones, and they don't take good care of themselves, okay? They're worn out, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're stressed beyond, you know, where they should be. What kind of freedom is that? You know, sacrifices, and I'm not saying that Sacrifices aren't necessary because especially at the beginning of your business and during, during growth spurts, you're going to make sacrifices. And, you know, I always say that as a life coach, you know, we talk about life balance. But to be very honest, there is no such thing as life balance in the way that most people perceive it. Okay, people see life balances working nine to five and going home to the family, and and you know taking off when they want to, and working from anywhere they want, and you know being able to have fun and do things with their friends whenever they want, and and so on and so forth. Well, you know that's just not the reality when you're an entrepreneur. Maybe after after some time, or if you have one of these very rare overnight ex- uh, success businesses um, but it's just not the reality but where you can find balance is in between the growth spurts and after the takeoff mode okay so after the startup mode so you start up you get your business rolling you get some revenues coming in you're exhausted you've worked for however long that has taken sometimes it's years now you get to step back now you get to step back until the next big push comes, until a new product development stage comes, or until you need to write that next book, or you have that next big, huge marketing campaign, okay? So it's kind of like in between the big pushes is where you find your life balance, and I'm not saying little bits of it don't occur in between. They do. They have to, but total life balance as an entrepreneur is an absolute myth, okay? Until you're a very, very truly successful entrepreneur, and even then I you know most of the really huge successful entrepreneurs I've spoken to still still work really, really, really hard and lots of hours so if you want that freedom, things have to change as your company grows, okay Think about how you fill your days. go ahead, close your eyes and think about it. What did you do? Let's say. In the last two two work days, okay, how did you spend the majority of your time, okay? Were you shipping, packing and shipping things? Were you putting out fires? Were you doing administrative work? Were you, uh, you know, doing accounting? You're trying to get all the taxes together. What were you doing? Probably a lot of the things that you don't like doing, right, Now, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to do things that you don't like doing as well. But ideally, you want to strive to balance that. You want to surround yourself with people who can do those things even better and in a more expedited way than you do yourself. Okay, Employees are important even as a solopreneur. Solopreneur doesn't mean you do it alone. You can have contract employees. You can have virtual assistants. You can have an accountant. You can have whoever you need out there supporting you. You need a team, a virtual team, more than likely if you're a solopreneur, but you need a team to support you, okay? Advisors are very important. Mentors, advisors, a board of advisors can be very, very important. Surround yourself with experts who have been there, done that, um, not necessarily exactly what you're doing. But uh, if you know an accountant, and you know them well, and you've been with them for a while, you can ask he or she to be on your your board of advisors, they will most likely do that because it's not going to take up but maybe an hour of their time once a quarter at the most. Okay. Um, We should do a whole new show about boards of advisors. Um, And, you know, mentors. And if I worked with a. I'm thinking of another client I worked with who who had an amazing amazing product, and she was doing really well with it. It was in the jewelry line, but again, it had it had a, a twist to it that was very very different. And through coaching, she realized that she could do licensing, and so she could make her product, um, you know, like Elvis based and the Beatles and Disney things like that. Okay but she knew nothing about licensing. So we decided she needed a mentor, someone who had done licensing before. So she went to a conference, a big conference, and she actually met two people who were very successful, husband and wife team, who were very successful in the licensing industry. And they really took her under their wings. And became mentors to them. Now, if that doesn't sound like it's within the realm of possibility for you, remember there are virtual mentors out there as well. Um, and what I mean by that is, is people that you never really meet or speak to, but you read their books, you read their uh, biographies, you, you, you read, uh, whatever if they blog or they contribute to a magazine online magazine or what have you you follow them just choose one or two three at the most don't bombard yourself with too much to do follow them listen to their advice get out there and ask questions if you can if they if they actually have a blog where you can connect or a facebook page where you can connect and, uh, you'd be surprised. And with, with social media now, I mean, okay. So there are those of you out there who probably aren't old enough to, to have been in business when social media wasn't around. But I'll tell you, it's opened so many doors and people are more likely to speak to you through social media than they ever, ever have been before. So connect with them in, in the social platform and Just find these virtual mentors and really connect with them. Now, you're you're probably thinking to yourself, or you may be thinking, all right, I'm a small business. I'm a solopreneur, whatever. I've put all my money into this. I can't afford help. Okay, you can. And I can teach you how to do that. I can teach you how to find the money to bring on part-time help and grow your business. Because what are the things you should be doing? Now, think about that. What are the things that you most love doing? More than likely, they're not the things you are doing. What are the things you most love doing? They're the jobs or the tasks or the mission of the entrepreneur. You love being out there telling people about your product or service, right? You love perhaps writing about it. You like finding prospects. You like going and speaking or going to conferences and connecting and networking. Those are the kinds of things that you more than likely love doing. Things that will actually grow your business. Okay, there are ways we can get you out there doing it because it's likely that if you're in the startup mode or... (laughs) I have clients who come to me after five years in business, 10 years even, and, and they're not doing this yet. You're not doing the things you love if your business isn't growing. So you need that support. That is the third big mistake that people make. And that is thinking that they can do it alone. No one does it alone. People just don't. People don't do it alone. And you are no exception. So Really think of, you know, another benefit of having some sort of a business expert or uh, someone on your side who has walked other people through this, a mentor, a coach, certainly, is that they already know the mistakes and they already know how to avoid them, okay? Because they've helped. Oh gosh. In my case, I can't even count. I should count how many clients I've had in eleven years. I I can't even count, and and even through my article at Inc. and this podcast, you know, we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people. Okay, so and those people come with questions and problems and looking for solutions, and and so I've helped so many businesses in so many different uh, industries through the mistakes, through the problems, through the issues, that it's, it's pretty likely that I can help you as well. So we can avoid the mistakes. And that money that you spend on coaching or bringing on a consultant, and we should talk more about that because sometimes consultants aren't a good idea. And sometimes some coaches aren't a good idea. Um, but anyway, the money that you're going to spend will be saved so many times over in in not just the money, but in the aggravation, the stress, the fear, and the failure. Learn from other people's mistakes, and you can do that in a number of ways. By reading, by connecting with people, by finding that mentor, by going to those conferences and expos, and by working with a coach who has lots and lots of experience with other entrepreneurs. So learn from those mistakes so that you can avoid them, and learn from your own mistakes. That's something a lot of people don't do is that they perpetuate the mistake and they make it over and over and over again. So I always suggest when something doesn't go right that you you really sit down and write about it so that you can come back to it later. Okay, we're going into our final break and I'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes.
0: unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. and happily shares these through Today's Note to Self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature's Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
3: Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of WooHoo Inc., and the WooHoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo hoo and turn it into woohoo.
1: All right, so there you have it. Failure to do your market research, underestimating costs and the lack of support. Three biggies when you have those blinders on. That passion just drives you into the ground. So make sure that you check this list and check it twice and get out there and do what you can to prepare yourself to launch and continue in your business. Now, I have... A few more things I'd like to talk about in terms of kind of rookie mistakes, okay, startup mistakes. And it's important. This, this, again, falls into the line of passion. You know, we get excited. I've seen a lot of people, oh, let's see. For instance, okay, I have an acquaintance who is an energy worker. She, uh, she delivers Reiki and she's a massage therapist and such. And she was very excited because she found a little room in an existing place that she wanted to rent to do her massage therapy to move it out of her home. Uh, She didn't have that many clients. And she thought that by moving into a public office that she would get more clients, but she didn't have a plan. She did not have a plan for getting more of those clients. And she went there into the space which needed a lot of work, so she was getting a little bit of a, a break on rent. And she poured weekend after weekend into this space, repairing and painting and even took down a wall. This this cost her some money. She put in a carpet. She found beautiful wall hangings and, and things to adorn this office with. And it was there for maybe six months, if that, before she had to go back into her home space. So that's another thing, that passion. Can, can really drive you to doing things really big and bigger than necessary, okay? If this massage therapist slash energy worker wanted to move out of her home space, that's fine. And it could have been a wise decision because if you're in a public place and other people are around, they're going to be recommending you more. You can hang your shingle, be more visible. Uh, but she needed to have a plan She needed to have a plan to recruit more clients, to drum up some publicity, to get out there in the field and market. And she didn't do that. So, you know, even in terms of, oh, estimating your needs, you know, buy things used. If if you need a desk for your business, buy a used desk or set yourself up on the dining room table at first. Do... Only what is absolutely necessary. What are the tools that you absolutely need uh, to make your business succeed? You don't have to buy new. Resist that allure, okay? Because every little dent into your savings, if you have a savings, and hopefully you do is is going to make a difference later when when the unknown occurs. So don't have, overlook things like going out of business sales and um you know the the flea market maybe or used used uh, office equipment stores things like that. You didn't cause a business to fail because you're going in there and buying up the old furniture. You're, you're helping this, this uh, entrepreneur or ex-entrepreneur or whatever move on to a new venture. So your used equipment can, can um, really save you a lot of money. Now, most importantly, we talked about bringing in employees Okay, I have a client right now who is growing at a very, very, very rapid pace. It's amazing. They are just so successful and achieving so much, and they're needing to bring on employees at a very rapid pace. But remember, a lot of, a lot of companies bring on enough employees to perform the work because they have one big client Okay. So if this becomes you, you have that one big client, you need lots of people to perform the work. That's very dangerous. You want to have a number of clients, not just one. So now you may not be able to close a lot of clients at once, right? But here's what you can do. You bring on enough people to perform the work and you get out there and immediately sell another client. Okay. I have a dear friend who, for instance, joined a company as an employee and uh, kind of, I wouldn't say the job of her dreams, but a really good change for her. But they only had one major client, tons of work. She could work as many hours as she wanted to work and make as much overtime as she would want to make for about six or seven months. And then that big client ran into problems themselves and had to cut way, 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 way back. So don't put all your A's in one basket. Be very careful that you're spreading the the wealth, if you will, and um, make sure that you have enough work for those employees that you are going to bring on. And as with my clients, Always, always, always go to your accountant and it should be a small business accountant. Okay. Go to the accountant to get permission to know that you have the funds and the projections to bring that employee on. Okay. So again, working with a coach, you can, you can really. Really, prevent a lot of these major mistakes. I see this happen all the time, and there are precautions that you can take. So, that's important. Now, here's a really big one, too failure to mark the exits, right? Another um, ink article I wrote not too long ago was about optimism, right? And entrepreneurs are, in a sense, we're optimists because we want to believe. We want to believe that our business will work. And if we aren't optimistic about it, we wouldn't survive and our business wouldn't survive. Okay? And we need to be well-prepared too. And we need to look in the future. You need to know where your lifeboats are if and when something goes wrong. Now, part one of this is to sit down, spend time asking yourself this question. What could go wrong with my business and what can I put, what precautions can I put in place now to either prevent that or be very prepared for it? Another question to ask would be, if I were my competition, if I were my competition, what would I do to put me out of business? Okay, what, what would you do to put your business out of business if you were the competition? Think from all different angles. It's so important that you step out of who you are. You step out of your belief system and you step into the belief systems of others and the positions of others, not just your client, but your competition. So you always want to have an exit plan with an objective marker in it, okay? So that could be a revenue number. If I don't hit this number or if I exceed this level of debt or if I'm in it for a certain amount of time, a specific time frame, then it's time to leave the business or drastically change directions or go back and get a job until your next idea comes, okay? So many people come to me wanting coaching and I usually work with them for for one cycle before I find out. Yeah, you know, because they don't come clean in the first in when in the initial conversation. Okay, they tell me they've got this great business and they just have a few things they're struggling at. But when I find out the truth that uh, you know they've been plugging at it for three or four years and nothing is working, sometimes they don't leave those opportunities, other opportunities open, they don't open other doors, and they're stuck knee deep in debt. And so you have to have these objective markers in place to say, okay, no, not just one more time. No, not just one more order. No, not just one more change in design. It's time to leave. It's time to stop. So you also, and and this I almost never see in place, if you can have a personal emergency fund, say three to six months of living expenses, I know that's a lot of money, but if you can have that set aside somewhere where you will not touch it, in an account that is in a different bank that you totally forget about, in mom's sock drawer, <laughs> whatever it is, if you can have that amount of money, it is just going to give you peace of mind. Have it somewhere where you will not be tempted, where it will not be available to, to put into your business, okay? Then you'll have enough cash to, to eat and live while you, while you exit your business, if necessary. While you replace the business, you change directions, you look for a job, whatever it is. But this is only to be used when you're exiting your business, okay? So really resist the temptation to dip into that emergency fund, okay, to save your sinking ship because odds are you're not going to save it after these certain markers are passed, okay? It, 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 more, I see more clients fail and continue to fail after trying and trying at something that isn't working for a year or more. So if it isn't working and you're thinking, oh, just this one thing, I'm waiting for just this one thing, this one break, something needs to be changed. Your approach, your model, your marketing, something needs to be changed. And if you're not creating constant change or you don't have the money to create constant change, then you need to possibly abandoned ship now. I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly here. I'm just trying to give you a dose of reality, okay? You can be a winner with your money. You can have enough to to save the day, put away, then then you're making a smarter decision to become an entrepreneur but if you if you do the things that we talked about in the first part of the show, then odds are you're not gonna get to that place where you need that emergency fund to live and eat for for three months while you while you transition back into a job or whatever opportunity seems safer for for the time being until you can recoup. So go in with eyes wide open, go in yes, go in with passion, but always do a reality check, okay. Hire a coach right off the bat. A lot of people resist doing that because they think they know what they're doing. The truth is they often don't know what they're doing in the beginning at least. So, And even if you are a seasoned business doing very well, a good life and business coach, can help you more than you know. So if you'd like to work with me, I would so welcome a call from you and you can contact me through my website at Marla Tabaka, T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. Thanks so much for being here. Join me next week when I interview Bob Berg, the author of uh, The Go-Giver and current author of Adversaries into Allies, How to Win People Over Without Manipulation or Coercion.